Heavenly Father, you're a God so great, so awesome, so amazing. This church, your heavens and your creations will take us in eternity. But you have revealed your mystery, the mystery of godliness to us through Jesus Christ. And how thankful, Lord, we are for that. That we can know you and search you and seek you and find you. And we thank and praise you for the grace in which you approach us, the mercies which you surround us, Lord. We pray even as we meditate on your word, your great work of salvation, and all that implies for us from there. We pray that you fill our hearts, empower us, and feed us this morning, Lord. Strengthen us for the day and the week ahead. Jesus' name. And today we have uh, Rich and Uncle, uh, Director of CBMC, with us to share the word. Over to Rich and Uncle. Hello, everybody. It's good to be able to meet you this morning. Uh, so, I pray that you will have a good week and that God's favor be on you. Recording in progress. Uh, Verses I wanted us to visit this morning, revisit this Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Matthew chapter 7, verse uh, 13 and 14. It goes like this. He entered through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. The first one, there are many who enter through it. The second, there are few who find it. And the same equivalent in Luke chapter 13, verse 24, Luke chapter 13, verse 24, strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able to. Strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able to. This is a principle of life, not only of spiritual life, not only of the Christian journey. This is the principle of all life. Uh, this is God's, God's, you know, like gravity. This is another unchanging principle of God. Uh, we have so many examples in life itself that point to this. You see a family that's struggling in the early years, financially for food, for even school, clothing, medicine, the early part of their life. Uh, you know, we all 
have been through it or know people who have been through it. You'll see in the later, because of the struggle, because of the hard life in the early part, you see their later life, you see a big blessing. You see a reward, a season of reward, and for a season of hardship, then there is a season of reward. Um, reverse it. That same family has a child. The same man grows up, somebody who had a very hard life, grows up and married and has a child. Now, the child, if not given the necessary uh, experience of uh, denial, of uh, discipline, if there are no boundaries, a lot of times see that generation because what the parents experience in their early years, struggle, want, need, that experience is now not given to the child because there is plenty. And if there is no boundaries, if there is no discipline set, then that generation, when it grows up, struggles a lot in the later years because they've had everything easy and comfortable in the early years. You know, a major problem with China is right now that one child, and they gave everything to that one child. And the child is now uncontrollable, not just in school, college, later in life too. Very demanding, I own this. See, human beings need seasons of struggle. We need seasons of need and want to shape us, to give us the value of what God gives, the blessings of God, the favor of God. This is, this, this is a very a paramount principle. Simple. You're walking up the stairs, you have a choice, you have an elevator, you have stairs. Easy to go is the elevator to take the lift. It's the easy one. Hard one to take is the steps. What do you choose? Easy now. The lift is easy. But then later on in life, there is a cost for it. You take the hard road now. Later on in life, there is, there is less chance of hardship in terms of health issues. You know, in fact, many, you know, I think in this, uh, the youngsters are teaching us, many would even take not just the steps, but actually climb two, three steps at a time. So they use that as an exercise. You know, in a way, it is putting yourself through a process of denial. It could be sleep, it could be food, it could be so many things, so many areas of our life. We have a choice of denying ourselves, of subjecting ourselves 
to a rigor, a disciplined rigor, or have no boundary. You know, treat ourselves to the best of things, hoping that I'll be able to do that all through life, and it doesn't work out that way. If you choose the best things now, then at another season, you will be at the mercy of others. See, running race. You have uh, what is called endurance training. What is endurance training? Basically, when you're running 400 meters or, uh, you know, 100 meters, uh, or it's a marathon, it, uh, at the very end of it, you're gasping for air. Your lung is seeking oxygen and you're tired. Your body is so tired, you can't stop, you can't take in oxygen. You're running on less. Your body is struggling and it's, it's gasping. It's saying, I need more oxygen. Okay, this happens at the end of the race. But what is endurance training? You put yourself through those circumstances voluntarily. So what do they do? They go to Missouri or Uti or globally, you know, Colorado Springs. It's known for enduring, you know, endurance training. Now there are houses you can build. There are devoid rooms in the houses. A lot of athletes, basketball athletes, uh, you know, boxing champions or even athletes, other athletes, build a room that is devoid of oxygen. They have a machine that will just suck all the oxygen out. And that room has no oxygen. They'll put themselves there. Okay, you don't have to go to a mountain. They'll put themselves there. They'll exercise there. Why? Your body needs oxygen. What are you doing in an oxygen-free room? To, to teach your lung to function at the least. You're putting yourself. So, after having run an OT or Musuri or in a room like that, then when it comes to real play, real game, real race, when others who have not trained themselves, endurance can, when their body begins to slow down, the one who has trained themselves in the endurance, have trained, have gone, put themselves through this Brutal, in fact, even, you know, it sounds crazy. You know, your body needs oxygen, man. You know, what are you doing denying it? But I'm, I'm going to be part of a race in which I won't be, I won't have the benefit of plenty. At the end of the race, when everybody is struggling, the one who has subjected himself or herself to that endurance training will start to kick in a new gear. When everybody's slowing down, this person will start because that person has trained, subjugated his or her body to survive on less, less oxygen. So for that, it had to have a season of denial, season of narrow door, narrow path, narrow way. Denying, denying, denying. You know, it would have looked so unreasonable if you, if you and I were to visit that person in that house or see them gasping 
in the mountains. You know, if you go to the big mountains, you'll see people running, gasping, gasping. You can't even walk and they're, they're running. You know, you think, what, what are you doing? Because they saw a race before them. They saw a race that you didn't, you and I are not seeing that race. They are seeing that race. They are seeing the championship come a month later, two months later, three months later. And they are preparing themselves for it. In fact, those days when they were in rooms, uh, uh, you know, oxygen-free rooms, uh, you know, a lot of these act, uh, you know, these act athletes actually will move to mountains and live there, buy houses and live there. You know, not in the cities where they were from. Go up to mountains, denying themselves. See, Christ did something very similar. Christ, uh, Hebrew, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, uh, the second part, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. For the joy set before him. The joy was with, with his people. He saw a, that if he ran this race, if he denied himself, he would be able to redeem his people. For, so he endured the cross, despising the shame. The shame of the cross for you and me is being killed. Okay, The shame of the cross for Jesus is not being killed. He's being called sinful. Him who knew no sin is now before all humanity is being made sin. That is the shame of the cross. And Christ suffered that. Willingly suffers the cross and the shame for the joy set before him. Like the athlete for the champion. He or she will see himself on the podium, standing there, receiving the medal, receiving the bouquet, receiving uh, uh, the prize. For that, they're willing to put through. For that. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, you know, in Tutukuran area, uh, there, you know, there, there still is pearl fishing. The old traditional style, not the pearl farming, pearl fishing. Okay, how they do it is very, very rustic. Even now, guys, two, three guys will go on a little boat to uh, a little bit in, in, inside to the sea where there are rocks. They'll drop down one after another, and if there are two down, there'll be two up, holding the rope. Okay. And then they train themselves to be underwater. Again, from childhood, they'll train to themselves to be underwater. They won't have oxygen tank. They won't have any of the masks, any of the modern day aquaman stuff, none of that. They will actually train their body, their lung to hold oxygen and gradually get it out. For four, five minutes, I've seen some even 10 minutes. Underwater, you know, which is which is impossible for you and me, but they will sometimes they will faint underwater, taking the pearls before coming out, they'll they'll pass out. 
then there is a the rope is tied to them rope is already tied when they go down when they they keep on pulling the rope when they are conscious when they are not conscious when the rope gets slack the one at the top knows he has actually fainted so he starts to pull him in okay and normally the one pulling him in is the brother in law the guy on top his sister's husband is downstairs down under water the wife's brother is on top it's normally it's not a, a working man not somebody else not a laborer that they hire no it's always a relative a close relative and they say when pulling him it is so hard the weight actually multiplies because it's a dead weight now is not cooperating to come up and sea water the rope is now salt water now your hands are bruised and there are wounds in your hand and the salt is getting into your hand and they say this is one of the hardest things that they know in life fishermen tough and fishermen okay all trained to be under water for longer than you and i can you know what they remember you know what they told me i have asked them they say when they are not no strength in their body to pull that body the dead weight body that is fainted up okay they say i'll remember my sister in my mind i'll put my sister in front of me as i am going home to her house to tell her i couldn't bring her husband back alive immediately seeing her seeing her face seeing the children her children somewhere a strength new strength comes and i pull i there's a new strength that was not there i am ready to give up i have tried and i'm ready to give up at that time a new strength kicks in because i cannot face my nieces nephews i cannot face my sister so it's there all over all around there my friend denying so you can train yourself endure you can endure hardship endure hardship willingly as christ did so that the after is one of comfort all of sermon on the mount take time and read the sermon on the mount beatitudes matthew 5 blessed are those who mourn how can they be blessed for they'll be comforted the world teaches us differently we want to be happy now we want to be happy later doesn't it work that way doesn't work that way there is a season of struggle blessed are uh, 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 those who mourn they'll be comforted you know blessed are the meek you know for they shall inherit the everything that the world throws at us now if you and i are wise enough to receive it if you and i are wise enough to endure it rather than running away from it i challenge you i tell you season of reward is ahead he who goes to and fro weeping with uh, 
seeds will come back with sheaves and laughter. It's there in the word of God. He who goes to and fro with seeds to sow, with tears, will come back with laughter. What of God is full of that. Life is full of that. So I want to, uh, you know, Christ in Matthew, third, Matthew 16, again says something very along these ways. But then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Subjugate himself. That's a literal Greek. Deny himself. Subjugate himself. Subjugate himself. Subjugate himself. The question is not sacrifice or denying narrow path, narrow way, striving through. Do I have to have it or not? The question is, when do you want to have it? The question is whether you want it at the front end of life or in this life or in the afterlife. It is not going to be uh, uh, a cakewalk, a Broadway here and a Broadway there. It is either a Broadway here and a very struggling season later on. Painful season later on. Or you and I are called. Christ is the model of that. To suffer. To deny. Take up the cross. To strive through the narrow door. It's not if, my friend. It is actually given to us to choose when. Lazarus was comforted there. He was denied here. Whereas the other one had everything his own way. Then we see him suffering. It's not the richest. I don't think it was the richest. I don't think it was the poverty. What he trusted in. And what was Lazarus' part? Not the poverty. He did not judge the rich man. He could have cursed the rich man. He could have been angry. He could have been bitter. No, he received whatever was given to him. Holding things lightly. Even in your suffering. Even in your pain. Whatever. I want to challenge you. This enduring principle is there in all of life. In all of life. All of life. Simple. Workplace. More and more globally, workplace doesn't have chairs. The smart ones don't sit. You know, we are sitting and watching this now. Many people don't sit. They've removed chairs from their desks. They're standing and working. Painful, hard, hard to get to, but it's actually good for your body. There are many, many ways, examples all over of what do you want now? You want easy? You want, you're willing to put yourself through hard. If you did the hard, then later on can be easy. If you put yourself through the easy now, you know, if you want to eat all the dessert that you can, 
at the buffet. <laughs> then, you know, there's going to be a season of struggle. And that's given. The medical world knows it, sports world knows it, business world knows it. Every world, every, every, every area is there, it's blaring at us. We don't want to see it, we don't want to hear it. So I want to challenge you this morning. Wherever, whatever it be, choose the narrow. Sometimes for us, when you become a successful person in life, it's even talking. Simple thing like talking. You're in a group, talking. In your office, you talk, everybody listens. You're the boss. In your home, everybody listens. As soon as you talk, even if they don't stop, you'll make them stop. You'll make them listen. That's a dangerous place to be. When I do the talking, I don't do the listening. Listening is denying yourself. When you know the answer for something, a group is discussing about something. What is this? Having the wisdom to wait. Let them find that. You know it. It's there in the, at the tip of your tongue. Hold your tongue. You don't need to be the one giving the answers all the time. Let somebody else rise up. Your word may not be the last word in the boardroom, in the office, in the family. Let the children decide where to go for holiday. Let the children and the family decide. Let your wife tell you how to spend this weekend. Not just you and me, like it's always been. Choose. There are so many applications for this. Go to a friend's house for dinner, for a, for a meal. Entering the house there, welcoming. You know, be the last to enter. Often we enter first. I'm used to entering. Everybody else follows me. Can I bring this principle even there? Narrow door. You know, put myself least. Enter last. Let the children go. Let your spouse go. Let the others enter. There are so many ways we can deny ourselves. And going into the living room, we can choose the moda instead of the most comfortable recliner. The world gives us the recliners now, right? Once you grow up, world says, yours is a recliner, brother, sister. You're successful. You're a pastor. You're a businessman. You're a leader. Choose the motor or choose the floor. Choose the stool. Choose the hard chair. If not, now when? So this can apply in so many areas. It applies to our driving. Applies to spending. Finances. You know. So I want to challenge you. Life is full of, this week is going to be full of opportunities of postponing. Question is, postponing comfort from here to there. Postponing uh, being comforted from here to there. Postponing uh, ease of life from here to there. This is a principle that will last. It will not find us lacking 
and at the mercy of others. It is a principle. I mean, doctors even say when you're brushed, uh, when you're cleaning, when you're after bathing, you're wiping yourself with a towel, do it brisk. Even simple, simple things, there are ways to do it. When you can use hot water, hot water is available, use the cold water. You know, when you have AC in your car, you know, I'm not against AC, don't get me wrong. If, if we can occasionally not use AC, it'll actually tie us down to levels of people that we otherwise cannot identify. Or to a season when there won't be AC. You're all so dependent on comforts now. So many things have become a mandatory. The next generation's struggle is going to be there. Internet gone, business gone. Current gone, life gone. Find ways to live with less. Narrow, narrow, narrow. And then you enter to a mansion that is not narrow, that is not small. <laughs> The mansion that he is building for you and me is so huge. Our minds cannot imagine. It's only the gate that is narrow. Broad is the road that leads to a very painful separation from God forever and ever. So may God speak to us, disturb us. The Holy Spirit desires to move us from pandering to our needs and desires and comforts to denying. That is the way of the cross. Shall we pray? Father God, help us to look at our lives rather than others' lives. Help us to be concerned about our own sins and failures, which is the narrow way. Whereas the broad way is to be concerned about others' failures. Help us to scrutinize ourselves, our heart, our intent of our heart. Help us to deny ourselves in various ways, Lord, for your glory. For you did that, for the joy set before you. You endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. Grant us wisdom to follow you. In Jesus' name.